Good morning and welcome to Sabertown to another great happy hour podcast, two for the price of one. Um, we come to you from lots of different platforms all over the world, but just a reminder that you can get all of the Sabertown podcasts on www.sabertownpodcast.com along with many other great resources, all things sobriety. So check that out for more updates um, because it's been updated virtually daily. Um, as many of you may well know, if you listened to us last week, our Polly is not with us this week. She's not on the train with me because she's had some surgery, um, but she is recovering well. And we're trying to keep her off the train as long as possible so that she gets a good recovery. Well, I don't know how long we'll manage to keep her away, but we've managed to keep her away this week. So riding the train with me today, I have got the beautiful King. Hello. Good morning, Karina. I'm so happy to be sitting in this chair for Polly. Brilliant. Yeah, let's see if we can make her do, um, we'll do her proud. I'm sure we will, and I'm sure she'll be listening in and, uh, yeah, and, and chipping in, no doubt, at some point. <laughs> anyway, so. Yeah, don't doubt, don't doubt it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, as most of you probably know, I'm a bit of a winger. So I'm lucky to have King with him today with me because, like Polly, she's a bit of a researcher, goes down rabbit holes, looks into everything, investigates, squirrels away. Me, I just do it off the cuff. <laughs> so I'm really lucky to have King here today. And the subject that we're going to be talking about is actually one that, that you brought up, King, and thought it would be good to talk about, following on from um, Shiki's relapse and relapses, wasn't it? So would you like just to introduce the the topic and the meaning yeah thanks Karina look as we you know I was listening to you and Shiki there is so much that goes into this and at the end of the day um, relapse is like the biggest hurdle for all of us no matter what milestone you're at so I looked up the meaning and it says that relapse is a temporary return to a self-harming behavior that we previously had let go of mm. And that could apply to not just obviously alcohol, but to a lot of things. So you ask yourself the question, why would we return to that? Why would we go back there? Um, and what is the concept of addiction? You know, I mean, the negative consequences of relapsing, um, you know, people get really down on themselves and they beat themselves up. And, you know, to me, it's a learning curve. I think that you'd probably agree with me there. And I don't even like to use the word relapse. I use the word slip. Because what I, down in my rabbit hole, what I really discovered was that it is the most normal thing with addiction. It's perfectly normal. And we've got to remove that stigma of people spending that energy afterwards because they're already exhausted if they've relapsed. They've got the guilt. So they've probably woken up thinking, what did I say? What did I do? Oh, my God, who have I offended? Is everything all right? I mean, you know how exhausting all that. Well, I do too. I, I mean, I lived it for years. And the fact of the matter is, you know, if we can just get rid of all that and say, okay, just turn that, that negative energy into positive, get back on the wagon and let's just put some things in place. And when I say put them, some things in place, I mean like small, small daily goals just to get you back on the wagon and get you going again. Yeah. And it's interesting that that, that definition, um, you know, used the term about sort of self-harming, really, and about yeah. harm, because, as you know, that's a podcast that, that Polly and I did, looking at self-harm. But also in with that is that, that reward thing, isn't it? It's the reward. It's turning to something 
that we know it's going back to something that makes us feel safe, even if it is an addiction. And and that gave mm. a matty of it, it giving you a temporary relief. You don't worry about the long term effects. You just want that relief in that moment, don't you? And that comfort and that reassurance. Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly exactly right. And it gets back to you know the emotions that you're feeling at the time. I think too. That's probably I know with me stress and emotion is a huge trigger and you know I'm compared to you and a lot of other people I'm very early in my sobriety and even though I feel like I've been doing this forever I was thinking about it this morning and I thought you know it's a bit like when you when you meet someone because having found sobriety once you decide to do it and you come to peace with it it's really exciting because you think I wonder what my life's going to be like because I've never known anything different and it's like meeting that person for the first time and you just, you know, oh, like this is just so fantastic and you want to spend every minute of the day with them. Um, and you think that after two weeks you're madly in love. Like I thought after two weeks I'm going to have this down pat, I'm going to be clean, everything's going to be great and on we go, I'm cured, you know. And I had a girlfriend actually that got married in two weeks and it lasted a few years but that was about it because <laughs> you really didn't know anything about the guy and I didn't know anything about sobriety at two weeks. So it's no. the same sort of process, you know, and even now it's seven months, I'm still learning every single day. And what I've learned is I've, I know nothing, <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, I'm getting there and that's why I do do the research and these emotions come at you at any given time. There is no, I can't say to somebody um, that's following me, oh, at three months you're going to feel this. Oh, at four months you're going to feel that. Because at five months, I felt nothing. I felt like, well, where am I going? What am I doing with this? And I did have moments that I wanted to really pick up the bottle and think, well, if this, I don't, you know, is this really mm -hmm. worth it? I, feel, I reckon I could have more fun, you know, that I let him in just for yeah. that voice um, and questioned sobriety, which is something I will never do again. Because, again, that taught me the lesson of why I'm doing it. But mm -hmm. you need to experience it for yourself. Yeah, sure. We do need to experience everything, don't we? And, you know, everyone's journey is different. Um, I'm still in the very early days. I think everybody, you know, I think it is early days. It's very, very early days for years. Because to me, uh, you know, we've said very often sobriety is more than putting down that bottle. We have to start working with our feelings. We have to start discovering who we are. And, you know, we can't do that in a year or two years because we've spent, or me personally, I've spent many years numbing who I was, wiping out who I was. And and when I spoke to Molly on a podcast on Tuesday, we were talking about depression. And I was saying in there that, you know, I started drinking at the age of 14. Mm. Now, that's the time when we start to develop all our hormones, you know, physically, emotionally, identity crisis. I drank my way through that. So I've never really found out who I am. And yeah, I'm only 54 weeks into finding out who who Karina actually is. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm getting to like her. I'm getting to be proud of her now. I'm learning that all the things that others and experiences tried to convince me that I was, and in my own mind, the person I'd convinced myself that I was, I'm now finding that that was all rubbish, you know. Um, actually... I'm a lovely person. I'm a nice person. I've got lots to give and lots to offer. And I am 
worthy and I was listening to your vulnerability podcast as well and about the vulnerability and that it's okay that's been a huge thing for me it's okay to be vulnerable and even still better still it's okay to show it um the old me as soon as I felt vulnerable or felt put down or felt sort of alone or felt bored or, or was in pain emotional physically would have picked up a bottle and that was a pattern that went round and round and round until now when we start to actually learn who we are and experience who we are yeah and firstly I want to say you are enough you are enough and I think probably like me deep down inside when I was drinking I was like you I as soon as I was legal and 18 in Australia you get your license you can drink you get everything at once I was out working I'd already left home I mean I was drinking anyway and um you know you just yeah you, you get into a lot of trouble very early when you, when you like I rode off two cars in two years you know it's just stupid because I was drinking too much but having said that too emotionally we don't develop anymore from if we when we start drinking heavily we stop Mm -hmm. so I wonder why now I'm such a kid at heart like this kid is coming out of me and I was just yesterday this is the funniest thing I've and I'm really kind of proud of this because it gets back to the trigger I was shopping and I saw these wine glasses and I thought oh they look really nice but it wasn't the actual what the, the shape of them what it was is they were like mother of pearl and do you remember as a kid we used to have that liquid with the round circular plastic thing and you blow bubbles you dip it in and, oh, yeah, yeah. and the, the bubbles were colored well that was the color of the glasses and I stood there for a moment and I looked at them and I thought now am I triggered and I didn't associate those glasses with wine at all because you couldn't see through them. They weren't clear glass. They, they were very white and pearly and colourful. And I looked at them and I put them back down and thought, no, you really shouldn't be buying these. And I thought, no, you should because I'm not going to drink wine out of them anyway. And that was the best feeling. That mm. All I thought of was when I was a kid, they reminded me of colours of bubbles and I wanted the glasses to put my water and my smoothies in. And I walked out and paid for them quite proudly, I've got to say, and I thought, well, sister, that's how far you've come and you've worked damn hard at it. And those little, little, like, I don't know, just buzzy feelings. Bloody, before I would have just grabbed the damn things, gone and paid for them, gone home, filled them up with wine and never even have appreciated the glass. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you've got, I mean, you've got to work at it like we've said, but, you know, things do happen. Good things do happen. And you, I was able to sit with that for a minute, which is something there's no way I could have done in the first few months. There's no way. No, no. But but things sort of surprise you as well, don't they? And, um, you know, and I, I said to you the other day that I had a situation whereby, you know, you're saying that I'm sort of further on or I'm 54 weeks and I don't, I don't have that voice so much that people still get. I don't have that battle. Mm. And in fact, when I got to be a year, I just didn't feel anything because it was just mm. like any old day to me. It's just normal that I don't drink. I don't even have to entertain that conversation. But a few days after that, Andy came home with a carrier bag. He'd been to see his parents and his dad had obviously been given a bottle of red wine for his 90th birthday, bless him. Um, and he had obviously had a glass out and didn't 
really like it. So he said to Andy, go and take this wine home with you. And Andy said, well, I can't drink that because of my medication. And he's like, well, go and take it home. Karina will have it. And uh, Andy's like, Karina's not drinking ice. And he's like, just take it, take it anyway. So Andy just took it just to keep him quiet, really. And came home with this carrier bag with this open bottle of red wine. Now, usually I'm a white wine girl, but towards the end, I did have a little bit of red as well. Um, and after about 10 minutes, I just said to Andy, you need to go and give that wine to Doug, like his neighbour. I said, I cannot have that that wine in here anymore. And he said, really, is it affecting you? And I said, yes, it is. And it just was bang out of the blue. I didn't entertain drinking it, but it was there. I could not sit with that bottle of open wine there because it was a trigger. It was a risk. It was... And I couldn't, I couldn't just sit with that risk. It had, the risk had to be gone. It had to go. So he removed it. And as soon as he'd walked out the car around with it, it was fine. Absolutely fine. But we have to be aware 24-7, don't we? Absolutely. And it's not part of your normal life anymore. You know what I mean? You don't have it sitting around your home for no. a start. And it was there. It was in, within reach. So that in itself, in your mind, you knew you could get your hands on it straight away. Mm. And the thing is, that's what I'm saying to you. It doesn't matter whether you're a week, a day, a month, a year, 10 years. You don't know what situation you're going to be placed in because that came unannounced. It wasn't something that was planned. And you don't know how you're going to react until you're sitting in front of it. I've been very, very lucky too. Um, I had a few big fights with The Voice for up until that five-month part and just fought and fought and fought. And now he yeah, not. Nah, just and I guess it's the tools and it's the act thing and it's all the things that I've read and learned but I do fight it off now that having said that you know one day he's going to come on stronger than maybe I am when I'm feeling emotional or I'm feeling down and I haven't been home yet to be with my close family and friends mm. and they all drink although my sister god bless her heart has gone out in sympathy she's not a big drinker anyway and she told me that she stopped drinking I said why and she said just to support you. And I said, you're mate. And she said, no, but it doesn't matter. I want you to know I'm doing it with you. And that was just the nicest thing. And you know, she still has a glass of wine as she goes out with the girls, but she's super responsible anyway, my sister, <laughs> unlike me. Oh. But, um, yeah, God bless her. So that was really nice. And, I don't, you know, I think in my mind I play things forward. I think that really helps. I always have done. Um I remember even if I had a presentation or something to give, I would always rehearse it in my brain, a bit like what, you know, what athletes do. Mm. Um, I think Tony Robbins taught me that one, the motivational speaker, that you just play things forward, play whatever you've got coming up that's a challenge or you feel nervous about or you're unsure how it'll go. And it really does work once you prepare yeah. yourself and you go through it. And even to the point where I used to write things down or read out a speech before I was giving it or something like that, you know, whatever it was. Um, that has worked for me also. Um, but I also know I never take this for granted and I also know to be aware 24-7. But I'm still not as anxious, not even a thousand bit as anxious as I was when I was drinking, you know, even though I know I have to be aware that's just a part of my life. And I say to myself every day, alcohol is irrelevant to me. I say it from day one. I say it every day. It's part of my morning mantra and... You know, hopefully my brain, I think my brain's got it now. I think my brain understands that it's irrelevant. 
Yeah, I got, it comes back to that thing, doesn't it, of like how I viewed myself. You told something often enough, you start to believe it. So now when we get sober, we have to change that and that mantra starts to work and we tell ourselves that and we'll start to, to believe it and and playing it forward is, is definitely what worked for me as well playing it forward all the time um and and it was the Craig Beck pause button that did that for me it's like if you if you drink you're just pressing the pause button everything else is still there um you've just got the the hangover and all the shit that goes with it so that really really um did help and and just you talking about about the voice and the conversations of the voice. I was reflecting a bit over probably about the last 24 hours. I've been thinking a bit about sort of the Shiki interview and his relapse. Mm. And I was thinking, yeah, wow, because he and Laura that he spoke about in the podcast had been talking quite a lot about their wanting to dabble. Could they moderate? And I was thinking, how powerful mm. was that voice? Not only was their voice talking to them, their voices were talking to each other. Both yep. of their yep. voices were having a conversation mm-hmm. and they were colluding. Their, their voice was getting them to collude together and how powerful. And that just showed me, wow, the strength of that, that little bugger <laughs> that's in there. That if he can't get you on his own, he's going to try and find someone or something to collude with. Oh, the devil. He is really the devil. I do, I do pull him out. Um, you're absolutely right. I was listening to those two and I thought, you know, if you were a film director, you could almost have written it. <laughs> you could have written what was going to happen. And I thought, but you know what? They've got to find out for themselves, just like Shiki did, you know. And that just goes to show you, I mean, the poor guy, he hung out there with the holidays for a few days and then he just eventually it just wore him down, you know. Yeah. Um, and I get that. I totally, that's the thing, apart from we've discussed this too, about going back to the first two weeks of this journey that I never, ever want to repeat because I can remember purging, saying and yelling to the devil, get the F out of me, Mm. get out of me. I felt like I was having an exorcism, to be honest with you. I was so sick and I could just just wanted it out. And, um, And I really did feel like that's what I did. But, you know, he's going to come knocking and he's going to come knocking hard, just like that. He did with Shiki, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I do believe that everything, you know, every breakdown is a breakthrough. I've always said that things happen for mm-hmm. a reason. And I think Absolutely. Shiki had to go through that. Um, but the strength that he's taken from that as well was then to come mm. and do podcasts, which was so brave. And I know that already that has helped so many people, so many people that are teetering. I know we have people in our ladies groups of like, you know, it's voice, they're teetering. Oh, you know, I've got this situation coming up. I'm just wanting to have a drink just to numb for a little bit. And I'm like straight away just sending them the shiki podcast. Listen to this um, because, you know, you'll see how quickly how quickly that that peace and the tranquility and the happiness and the buzz turns to a lot of pain and torment. Um, so you know, it's it's it, even if his his last relapse, you know, I, it, not only did he learn from it, but because he's done the podcast, he's also teaching a lot of other people and sharing that with others to hopefully stop them from from making that taking that first drink again. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? I've had so much feedback. And you said from women as well that have listened to him. And I was yes. lying in bed listening to it and I thought, shit, he's taking me through this journey with him. I was there with him. I could mm. just imagine him when he, when he said he had the, the, the glasses, one on the table and one on the floor. And I thought, yeah. how many times have I done that and think who the hell's coming? 
My yeah. husband, I never hid it from. My husband, he always knew. Um, but others who didn't, and a lot, a lot of people didn't know. It was, it was quite interesting when I look back and I think, Christ, you know, because I was never fooling myself and I got to the point where I didn't care how much I drank around him. You know, I should have, but I was very open about it. And I remember saying to him, why didn't you ever stop me? You know, why didn't you ever, ever say something? And he said, are you kidding? You would have told me where to go. And he <laughs> said, you had to decide on your own. And he's so right in that yeah. frame of mind, as stubborn as I am and knowing how stubborn I am, and we're both Scorpios, so you can imagine how that goes, <laughs> um, you know, he was absolutely right. And he said, look, if you ever decide, I'll be there for you. And even to this day, he's, he's still drinking, but he primarily drinks alcohol-free at home. And I yeah. said to him, mate, it doesn't matter. There could be alcohol in there. It's a can. It looks like beer. It doesn't matter to me. I don't drink beer. And I never did. And he never touched my wine. <laughs> so that's, you know, that was a heaven. That was a match made in heaven, so to speak. But, um, you know, the thing is, we're addicts. And as addicts, you know, the voice will never go away. And we cannot, we just, the brain learns addiction. So we have to now spend a lot of time unlearning addiction. And that, you know, is going to take time and we have to be patient with it and accept it it's just part of it it's just part of it all you know yeah. it's hard to do sometimes and you've just said my keyword my keyword for anything is acceptance we have to accept we have to accept our areas of control we have to accept our mood our feelings our thoughts whatever's happening around us because we can't if we resist it if we resist anything it just makes things a whole lot worse and um you know one of the things like, I had to accept that I was just feeling a bit on my year anniversary okay mm. don't pick yourself up that's how I feel and you know one of the things we work really hard on that, that we've mentioned you've mentioned here quite a bit is triggers knowing our triggers you know planning it forwards um working it out planning but it's like when that bottle of wine came in in the carabag with Andy I wasn't feeling lonely I wasn't alone I wasn't mm. in I've done in my normal amount of physical pain but you know that that goes without saying that's fine that's a daily thing I wasn't in emotional pain. I wasn't bored. Mm. I wasn't any of those things that usually would be, you know, and and that was the key. I wasn't wanting to use alcohol to block. I was, there was just an open bottle of wine there and it was beckoning me. It was like, you know, I, I didn't entertain it, but I wanted it gone. I wanted mm. it gone. And there was no, mm. so what was the, the trigger there? I mean, I suppose the trigger was, just an open bottle of wine because I was going to ask you that sorry to interrupt but I was going to ask you that do you remember your thought process when you looked at that what you linked it to because everything's linked to something was it a time a place or was it just that's wine oh my god it's so close like it's there I just got to get it out of my side I don't want it there uh Possibly, um you know one of the nice things of getting back with it well there's lots of nice things about getting back with Andy but um my ex-husband wasn't a wine drinker so we never shared a bottle of wine so when I got back with Andy last year before um, I started my sobriety um, we shared not a lot but we shared a, a bottle of wine or two and that's something we used to do all the time when we lived together in Lincolnshire so again it was probably the romantic side of it um, mm. but the fact actually was that Andy can't drink it anyway at the moment mm. he cannot physically drink it because of his meds so mm. we couldn't have shared that 
bottle of wine and actually we were sharing a nice evening together anyway we were, we were into Cluedo we've got addicted to Cluedo on our holidays mm-hmm. we found the Cluedo game in a cottage so perhaps it so we were having a nice night anyway or well I suppose at that moment we hadn't started he'd been out to his parents he'd just come in I had been on my own I'd been to my brother's we it was the start of our night together I guess and there was this bottle of wine which probably one of us would have previously brought in a bottle of wine to sit and share and, and play so it could have been something um like that but I quickly realized I don't need we don't need that bottle of wine we have far more fun without the alcohol you know we're we're fully um there plus I stand more of a chance of winning at Cluedo if I've not been drinking so <laughs> yeah right I was just gonna say for the color you could have got some Ribena for those of you in the UK you know what Ribena is yeah, you know yeah. the drink. Yeah, I the saw drink. it in the store yeah. the other day. It's a dark red, dark red drink that you mix with water. Mm. I used to used to drink it as kids. But the thing is with cravings, and I read this about it too. It says that they're two D and they can be childish. It's like give me, you know, give me the craving. You're crying something, you know, you want it now. But it's really a rational um, wrestling. That was kind of hard to say, but it's a rational wrestling in your head, and that's exactly what it is. Um, it's the rational in a headlock. <laughs> They say, (laughs) you know what I mean? So, I mean, by asking the question, really, you give yourself some more power by stopping and, you know, just saying, well, what the hell am I doing? Because your parent voice should rule. You know, you've got the two voices in your head and the parent parent voice is usually the more powerful one. So I think that's, I'm getting that now more with me and I'm sort of saying that to myself, like, Deborah, you know, treating myself like I'm a child, like stop misbehaving, stop crying out for that. You don't need it, you know, and let's move on because we've discussed this too. These thoughts do pass. They're not going to sit with you forever and ever unless unless you give them attention. And, again, another analogy. Say that you're with somebody you really don't like and you're listening to them away but you block it out. You're just going, oh, God, their mouth's moving and I'm not really here, okay? Got to do the same with the attic voice, okay? It's there, it's present for a bit, block it out and move on. Yeah. Um, And I think once you find something that works for you in your own mind and you can relate to it, that's going to give you more power. Tell yourself the same thing over and over. Your brain will eventually change. That's just how we're programmed. Yeah. And how did you, because you, I remember a few times you reaching out as one of your activities to the ladies groups when you were struggling and that, that's where the ladies groups have really helped, haven't they? We had a lady last night, one of our groups reached out and straight away somebody was in there to sort of, you know, say like, keep yourself busy, have a bath, um, keep active, read a book, you know, go for a walk, do whatever works for you. And it's really important to to, to do things to to work through those voices isn't it and those cravings and what what kind of things do you think have have helped you just give people an idea yeah look when Dixie was alive my dog I would just grab her and go out um because I live on a river here we've got a huge walkway and then there's parks over here and the park down the road so I just grab her and go and um she was happy for that and so was I now I will depending and it doesn't matter no it doesn't matter what time of day it is depends how I'm feeling if I'm feeling really stressed I'll run a bath and put my Dr. Teals in there. Polly knows all about Dr. Teals. Um, and it's kind of, it's got radox in it and I'll light some candles okay. and I'll just have some quiet. Because as you know, the phone's been stuck in my ear for, I worked out last week an average of seven hours per day over five days. So I was exhausted at the end of last week. And that's just simply because I'm talking to different countries on different timelines. 
That's mm. just how it is for the moment. That's not going to be the norm forever, you know what I mean? Um, I was knitting. I went mad on knitting when I first started um, getting sober because it was something to do with my hands, knitting or crocheting. I made four scarves in four months, sent them off to Australia because it was very, very cold there. Some places it was like two and three Celsius. And then I got arthritis in my hands and they were killing me, oh. so I had to stop. So I sort of gave, put that down just for the moment. But then even I bought some colouring books and I know just to kill time, I'll put music on, I'll put I was colouring in and I just remember thinking, I've actually got a tiara. And for those of you who think that I think that I'm like king of the world, I don't. <laughs> uh, the word, the name king has got nothing to do with me thinking that I'm that great. It's actually my mother's <laughs> maiden name. She was Pauline Audrey King and her birthday was the 13th of August. And unfortunately, she's not with us anymore. So I took on mum's honour because I do believe, as I said before, that I think She's with my dad and her. my dad's got one hand, my mum's got one hand, and they guide me into the next day sober. I just truly believe they're holding my hand. So thank you, mum and dad, for that because we're doing a good job. And they unfortunately never saw me sober. So my sister is the one now who always tells me, you know what, Deb, they'd be proud. So that's great. And the thing is people who are getting sober, and even if it's a short period of time, people are going to really, really be proud of you and really look up to you. I want you to know that. Because I thought, well, I'm here alone in Miami. Who really cares? It's just me and my husband. But I cared. Whereas before I didn't care. I didn't care whether I was here or not. And sobriety does give you so, so many things. In fact, um, as we move at the end of this, I'll read out 20 things that happened to you in the first 30 days. So, you know, things happen fairly quickly when you're new. And I always try and um, invite the new women that I see in Zooms into our groups because when I started out, I didn't have that support. It was going to be so easy for me to fall back off the wagon and just pick up. But I was white-knuckled. I mean, I would do anything, Karina, just to not pick up a drink. I had no idea how I was going to do it. Um, I, looking back, I don't know how I got through it, but I did. Thank the Lord for that. So, you know, for the young people, it will happen and good things do happen to you. We've got a a gorgeous young girl who I've just met on Zoom and, um, you know, she, we've introduced her to the groups just in the last couple of days and I just know she's going to flourish from this. She's a very intelligent young lady. She's got the world at her feet and I just love seeing these young people like Molly that you spent your mm. time with. And I thank you, that depression. For anyone who hasn't listened to that depression podcast, it was fantastic. I listened to it last night. Talk about a, a mature young woman who's got such a fantastic outtake on life and talk about watching someone blossom. She yeah. is now just coming right into, the, as Russell Brand says, recover the person you intended to be. And she is so on her way. So that was a brilliant podcast. Yeah. Thank you for that. So everybody listen. But, yeah, you know, um, now I forgot my train of thought. See, I'm, poly, I'm doing a poly at least. At least I'm going <laughs> off on a tangent. But, yeah, yeah you know, I would do anything, yeah, I would just do anything better. in the first yeah. few months. And then I started to read, and The Naked Mind changed my life, that book. Mm. It was my sister, actually, who recommended I read it because her friend had read it and said, Kerry, this is great. I really like this book just for understanding what goes on. Um, and she was in the medical field. So, again, you know, my sister, I think my mum and dad must have channeled through my sister, said, read this book, get it to get sober, you know. And, you know, I wish I could get time back. I can't, and I've got a lot to make up for. 
as far as being the person I intended to be and, and giving back now. It feels really good. It feels really good. It's filled my day. I mean, I've replaced my day with everything but alcohol and I have no intentions of going back. I'm sure you're the same. Yeah, I think, yeah, you, you feel a day with sobriety, don't you? And, uh, yeah, I was knitting as well, reading This Naked Mind, The Unexpected Joys of Being Sober. Um, I've yep. been listening to... Um, alcohol lied to me for about 18 months before I quit yeah. on, on my audiobook um but for me I think as well it was a lot of just blogging and posting one two three times a day on the I am sober app and you know I'd, I'd always stress to people find a community um the I'm sober we know the community there that's where we met they are fantastic um there are other communities out there there's Yanni Grace Naked Mind community isn't there um I, I, I'm not sure the other ones so I've only stuck with the I am safer but just google you know communities and sobriety and you'll find find different communities because one of the things that you said there King was about um see I'm gonna lose my train of thought I'm gonna blame it on the fibro there um but you said about being proud and um, one of the things, yes, it is about being proud of you and people in your life are kind of proud. I found like in my everyday life, like, you know, especially the first week or the first two weeks, oh, well done. Oh, well done. Yeah, I'm proud of you. And then you don't get it so much, but you do get the proudness and the excitement and the joy from people in your I Am Sabre or your sobriety community because they get it they mm -hmm. get what those milestones mm -hmm. mean they get how hard you're working what everybody else sees joe blogs is the fact that you can't really moderate you can't really take your alcohol you've decided you want to stop um they're still sort of drinking majority of them um and yeah that all they see is that you've stopped drinking they don't mm -hmm. see all the mm -hmm. sobriety work that goes with it whereas communities who are doing that do understand yeah, couldn't agree more. And that's, you know, you're right. I mean, people don't, I mean, everybody at home knows that I'm not drinking now. And they're, they're all saying, oh, thank God and you know, for that. But you do, <laughs> yeah. you get the accolades from your community and everybody's always celebrating. It seems like we have all these birthdays all the time. It's like one big celebration. Somebody's always celebrating something. And that's terrific because you're right. We understand because we're in it and we know what it takes. And mm. it's not damn easy, hence there wouldn't be the slips or the relapses or whatever the heck you want to call them. You know what I mean? And as I said, I just want to reiterate again that it's perfectly normal for these things to happen. It's what you learn from them and how you deal with them that is going to get you back on and get you back on the next step. And the other thing I want to mention too, and I mention this all the time, the IAS community has been very, very good. I don't post a lot because I don't really have much to say. I'm not that exciting really at the end of the day. And I, but I really enjoy supporting others and, you know, and if anybody asks me for advice, I will openly give it. But I'm not here to tell you how to get sober by any means because everybody custom designs their own program. The one thing that everybody needs to do is count your alcohol-free days. They are so important. Um, I've had this young lady I was telling you about. She's made herself a chart just for the, the first 30 days because she got up to, I think it was eight days and then had a slip. She lives on her own. And I know from my past experience for me, isolation and loneliness, even though I'm married, because he works his butt off, isolation and loneliness and being away from the people that really matter to me. And I'm a people person, really, really sunk me down deep. Mm -hmm. Because I'm also in a town where 70% of people speak Spanish. And as much as I tried, you know, and I didn't think I'd be here that long anyway, because we move around a bit. 
So for anybody else, do not be isolated. Reach out. Make sure you've got somebody to talk to, even just one person. And, you know, even maybe within the women's groups, I mean, we're sort of doing it. I'm doing it voluntary where, you know, I'll be a sponsor to these, these younger people. But what I find is now that she's in this group, she's doing really well. So everybody's doing a bit of sponsoring. You know, it's a shared activity to whoever needs it at that particular time. And now that we've got our women-only Zooms, I mean, we discuss things there. We talk about everything. Sometimes we don't even talk that much about sobriety. It's just how are you? How are you feeling? You know, what are you challenged with? How is your work? You know, because when work stress is for everybody, especially those in the health community, i.e. Molly again. You know, poor Molly had a hell of a week dealing with the COVID here in Florida. Um, And that's just life. So, you know, even as people, people, normal people who don't have drinking problems or whatever, they employ life coaches and people like that to get them on track. So everybody has their thing. Everybody has their thing. And now that we're doing the, the no sugar thing, you know, it's like, yep, okay, can't give up the crisps as you call them yet. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, the sugar, yeah, I've been okay. I've missed my ice cream, but I've been okay this week. But I haven't lost any bloody weight, so I'm getting pissed off. Just like the first few days of sobriety, why aren't I sober? Why is why are I fixed? Yeah. But again, yeah. I've got to accept it and I've got to be patient and I've got to pull my head in and say, okay, girl, you know, these things take time. I'm like, yeah, but I don't have that much time. Yeah, you do. You do have that time. Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah. It but certainly funny, wasn't. I, yeah. I stood in the, the scales this morning. The same thing. I've put on weight again, but I made a commitment in my last podcast with Polly that I wasn't going to go by the way. I'm doing the no sugars because it makes yeah. me feel better. And that's why I'm doing it. But um, so it's about you know but then again you get the voice oh what's the point what's the point you might as well go and eat your chocolate well no because it makes me help you know it makes me help no you're looking really healthy I can tell you people she is you're looking really healthy you've got a beautiful glow in your skin and you're looking really good yeah, yeah. I mean you've got yeah, I mean, even last night and for everyone too I mean I get a lot of my resources from Sober Town where this podcast will appear um, I well you know that if you've obviously listened to it but then the resources that, that Drift is putting up there at the moment, last night I was listening to Todd and his one about the liver. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure it was the best thing to go to bed on because he gets into, <laughs> Todd's so intelligent, he gets into right into the detail, talking about bile and all this other stuff. And I'm sitting there going, I tell you what, listen to that if you don't want to drink. That's a tool right there in itself. <laughs> oh, <God>. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's amazing function what the liver can do. And I got off and I thought, oh, crap. My liver's never going to be healed because apparently you know, there's certain parts of the liver that will never heal, like the scarring and the, the fibrosis and stuff and over long-term drinking. And I drank for 40 years every day and I thought, oh, crikey. But the good news is he gives you some good news as well as the bad. That's the good thing about it, you know. And I thought, well, whatever I've got, you know, left of it, and I don't know, my last time my liver was fine, how I don't bloody know. I think I just flushed, maybe I flushed everything out with water. But... Um, yeah, he, he gives you the good and the bad, but the bit I've got left, I'm going to try and preserve instead yeah. of preserving myself with bloody alcohol. Gosh. Yeah. 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 Good. yeah, anything we can stop pickling is good. You can stop well, pickling I, it. Just, it's fine. I'm definitely pickled. God, yeah. Oh, my God. I think it's my brain and my nervous system that I was pickling the most, really. But, um, yeah. It's but funny you going- should bring that out. No, 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 sorry. Just before I'm, I'm cutting you off like I do to Polly. But the funny thing is, you know how we are forgetting things? This happened. I, I always look at my brain now like this. It was like no one, the kids won't remember this, but there used to be the old plug and cord switchboard. And it's like all my plugs have come out of a socket. 
And uh, as I'm going along in the journey, like they're getting plugged back in one by one. So imagine just an electrical socket and you're plugging it in one by one because things are coming back to me clearly. My memory is actually really interesting and it comes back to me at all different times about different things, about childhood. And I really do think it's everything that we have suppressed, um, and I think this was discussed before, that is just coming back up to the surface and it's clarity. Like I'm still, it's going to take, I reckon, two years for my brain to be completely clear to be honest, that's my goal in my brain. It's going to take a long, long time. You know, as I said before, six months on the way, 12 months on getting somewhere like credibility, two years, and I reckon my, my brain hopefully might be all plugged back in. Yeah. yeah. What about, how do you feel about yours? Oh, yeah. Mine, I mean, I've still got a long way to go, but yeah, my, exactly. That's a great description. That It's like, yeah, things are suddenly being plugged back in. So not only are you getting the, the light bulb ideas in your brain and your head and your memories of like, ding, oh, yeah, that makes sense. My, because obviously I've got problems with my, my nervous system didn't work or doesn't work properly with my brain anyway. Um, so, you know, the, the more time that goes without me drinking, the better that is, the more I can feel. I certainly don't get a lot of the numbness. I don't get a lot of the paresthesia. I don't get a lot of the, the vibrations and spasms that I used to get um, in all my nerves and muscles. And yeah, look at me, you know, I'm, I'm walking, I'm talking. I do use my purple pusher from time to time, but a lot of the time I can manage without it now unless I'm going distances, which is great. And, and talking about, you know, the, the childlike kid stuff coming out on you, as you know, I'm, I'm riding a, a trike around the country. It's so, terrific. you know, yeah, yeah that, that is my farm, you know, and I'm, I'm you know, why do I want to give that up? And I, I won't lie, there'll be times that we were we were riding around and I'd see something like a pub and see people getting drunk. And, yeah. you know, especially if you're having a bit of a mare day and you're thinking, oh, you know, the first thought is like, oh, God, that used to be me sitting there all Sunday getting drunk. Who'd want to do that again? And then that little voice goes, well, wouldn't it be good just to go numb for a little while? Wouldn't it be good just to go and do that? Forget about all this work that you've been doing on your sobriety and all these emotions. Wouldn't that be good? And then you're like, no, but then I wouldn't be able to ride Bumblebee. Behave yourself. Get back in your box. You know, I don't want to listen. But again, it does still come up from time to time, doesn't it? But we have to keep looking at all the fantastic things we're achieving to... Because we, we talked to them about what motivates us to stay sober and that's what motivates me. That's exactly what I was going to ask you, what motivates you, and then you answered my question. Because every yeah. time you look at Bumblebee, that's what you've replaced with your drinking. And, again, everybody needs to do that. They need to have something that they used to really enjoy that they go back to doing. It could be playing a musical instrument. For me, it's music and singing and sport. I really want to get back to playing tennis. But, um, you know, just things like that. There's a lot that I want to do that I used to do. And it's funny because you forget how many things, how active you used to be. And I've always been really active in sport and I've always loved my music. And it's like I used to play the music before, but I was drunk, you know, and just playing and screaming and sounding horrible. <laughs> God, that's whatever. Yeah. You know, the neighbours were probably thinking, Jesus, is she at it again? But it's, it's a different appreciation now. You know, I, look, the lyrics mean more. And you're right, I know for a fact that I personally drank to numb myself. It was, that's it. And there are some days that is all that I want to do. You know, I just want to forget about shit for a while when I'm tired and I've been working at this too hard and I've read too much and I've done too many podcasts and I've just, you know, I mean, I've read, I think I've read something like 20 books on sobriety. You know, I've read them all. 
um, the, the ones that really, really mattered. I'd listen to the podcast. I go to YouTube. I go to this. I go, and then I just got exhausted. I think that was what happened to me at that five month mark when I was like really wanting to hit the, the effort button, as my gorgeous friend T Lover says. You know, mm-hmm. um, just yeah, just and I, I, I think of her every time I do it, and then I think of her again as to why I don't do it, because that mm-hmm. one was just a tower of strength, and she herself to me is an inspiration, and people like her motivate me not to go back. Because God knows if she can stay off the wagon, how I can do it with her and I can march with her with my, my shield and sword. So they become my new weapons too. Um, but it's just, it's not easy, is it? It's, we've got to sit with these emotions and we've got to get through them or we've got to find something that motivates us, that gets us just through, makes it pass and move on. And, you know, it's like the, the repetitive behaviour. The more you do something, the easier it should get. Um, I'm not saying it's easy by any stretch of the imagination, but for me it's a whole lot easier these days than it was in the first three months, I can tell you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and, and we get more reason. I think the, the more you go, the more reason. Um, yeah. You know, as you say, in the beginning it is a lot of the physical symptoms and then it's all the emotional stuff um, that we have to keep getting through, but we have to just keep work, work, work it. And um just talking about motivation and, and T actually, it was her podcast that made me really think about the the generations and the drinking. And that's why I then did a, a podcast with Shiki about drinking through the generations and the yeah, stages. Yeah, that's good. But yeah. I yeah, I kind of got into that point of wanting to perhaps go and do teaching sessions and stuff, which I'm still looking at at trying to do some resources for the Sabertown podcast and on on training sort of teenagers and kids and and sort of you know people yeah. who've been drinking going into schools. But one of the things that I was thinking that you know one of the exercises that I'd love to do to sit and do with a group of kids and I'd love to see this sort of thing done is you know to get sort of group of sort of you know get them into groups groups and say to them right I want you to between you just to brainstorm and just to write down this sheet of paper all the things that you enjoy doing all the things that you absolutely love that give you pleasure that make you laugh that make you happy and you know there'll be xbox games on there might be footy rugby sort of playing with my mates sort of going on there'll be all sorts of different stuff won't there eating whatever and, and getting them to really look at that and get in the moment of how sort of great and how that makes them feel, the excitement they get from that. And then sort of getting them to sit and think, right, what if in four years' time I said to you, you cannot do any of those things on there ever again or, you know, any day, how would that make you feel? And see how that would make them feel and, and then sort of key that into, right, we'll start drinking then because that's what's going to happen to you because yeah. you'll be unconscious asleep on that settee. You won't be able to run anymore. You won't be playing on your, your PlayStation. We might be, but you won't be feeling the feeling. You won't be excited. You won't be having fun. You won't be happy. And and that's that's something that motivates me as well as like, do I, re- I don't ever want to go back ever to that person that I was this time last year. I feel mm. sorry for her. I mean, it's making me feel tearful thinking about yeah, her. I know. I, know, I, feel, I know. I feel compassion and love for her. Um, I'm just really, really sad for her and that, that she was that person for so long, so, so long. Mm. And, mm. and and now the, the inside of her is, is free. I was trapped. Mm-hmm. I was trapped inside of me. And I don't ever want to go back there. That's what motivates me. Well, you're making me tear up because I feel exactly <laughs> the same way. You know, I knew I had it in me, but I just didn't know how I was going to get it out of me. 
if that makes mm. sense. Mm. You know, I was I was just locked in this hell and I just thought I could never imagine myself without alcohol. Now I don't want to imagine myself with it ever again because it is those little things that you said, all the things that we used to enjoy. And that proves my point of why we eat candy now because you take those sweets away from the kids. Like <laughs> we want the sweets back. That's where we're back at, right? We I'm do. I'm kid again. I want the sweets. I want them now. I'm going to scream. <laughs> so that's a bit, I mean, it's sugar. Don't, oh, sugar's the worst though. I know that. But it makes sense to us. And, I mean, my mother was pretty young-spirited at heart, and I don't really ever want to grow up and, you know, have that much responsibility. I've had responsibility in my time, and that's fine. But it's great to be a kid again. It's great to have fun. And I've said to you, you know, people probably think, oh, she jokes around. She's not taking this bloody sobriety seriously. That is so not the truth. I just like to have fun with it. And you can have fun with it. Get yourself together with a few people that you really trust and you really enjoy and you can speak openly and freely with, and you can have fun with it even just one person because you're not alone you're not alone no. you know and I mean we do so, it, that giving back is like you and I think you've said it we get so much more from sharing you mm. know and helping others because you know it, it's just that's just the way it works it makes you feel like I didn't feel like I was contributing to anything you know and I, and I used to say to my husband I'm just sitting here just existing and not living and the poor guy just look at me like, well, what do you want me to do? You know, is it to say, well, you know who it's up to? And again, he mm. was right. But that drink was just more important. And in fact, I felt looking back now, I felt kind of stupid and foolish. But I also understand that it had me. It had me. Yeah. I was addicted to the substance. And I know if I go back, nothing would change and it would get worse. It would get worse because. I've actually been court ordered to go into, um, <laughs> here we go for sharing. I got a DUI and, um, yeah, I had to go to classes. And they say if you give up actually um, drinking for a period of time and your body gets used to being clean and you go back again, actually it hits you twice as hard. Mm. Um, you drink more. So that means to me my anxiety was going to be more, my depression was going to be more, I was going to sleep, not at all probably. It just goes on and on and on and on. Um, and that's, again, the frightening thing because those memories are still very, very clear in my mind of, like you said, where I was the day before I stopped. And I was just, I really, I'd made peace with the fact that I wasn't going to be here. And I spoke to my brother again yesterday and he said, you know, Debbie said, um, can I ask how many <laughs> I said, how many what? I knew what he was on about. He goes, days. And I, I told him. And he said, oh, you know, it's, I'm so glad I didn't get that phone call. You were dead. That's what he said to oh, me. Oh, gosh. Um, he said, because yeah. that's what I was expecting. So that gives you an idea. Of, but to look at me, you wouldn't have known. I mean, I was my tolerance was very, very high. And hence why I tell you that it's going to take me two years to, because I drank a certain amount over a long period of time, you know, Um I wasn't a binge drinker. I was just a constant, you know, a constant drinker. Yeah. So, you know, getting back to the topic, which, of course, is triggers, um, yeah, I I pray that they don't come and I'm, I'm going to pray that they, you know, I know they will. But, you know, you've got you've to work at it. You guys, you've got to tool yourself up. You've just got to tool yourself up. And whatever you think will work for you, whatever you say to yourself, whatever motivates you, um, and reach out, talk to someone because, you know, chef was right. 
connection is the opposite of addiction. And, you know, the cliches might be there, but they're there for a reason. They do work. And the one day at a time thing works too. And getting back to that young lady I was telling you about, I had to you know, make a chart for 30 days and every mm. day I've got a marking off a day because it gives you that accomplishment that I've achieved this, tick, right, one day done. That's great. I don't care if you do it by the hour, but break things down into small, tiny goals. And even if you make a day plan and say, okay, I'm going to go for a walk today, I'm going to go to the gym. Okay, then I'm going to have some lunch. And if you lock in your day, and being in sales for as long as I did, I had to be fantastic at time management because I had so many appointments in a day and I was doing this and doing that. So I learned time management very at a very young age, hence why I'm super, almost OCD organised. Um, mm-hmm. And I can't stand mess and I can't stand things. Like you were talking about um, when you were depressed and stuff in your podcast and you just let things sit there. Like remember, yeah. and then you think, oh, why didn't I get to the letters? Oh, those letters, what's in them? I, I couldn't let those letters sit there correctly. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting OCD just thinking about you. But everyone's wired differently. I would get that would give me anxiety because I know they're not going away and I've got to yeah, and I've got to deal with them. I but see I it's like with bills, pay them now because they're not going away. I've got to deal with it. I've got to deal with it because it's gonna pile up on me and I'm gonna get overwhelmed. So I know how I'm wired, and again, you know how you're wired. People are just different. But um having those small goals really, really do work. They yeah. work for me anyway. Yeah, and breaking them down, as you say, breaking the big things down into small ones. And that's why it's one day at a time, isn't it? We're not aiming yep. for yep. a year. We're aiming for one day at a time, one step at a time, one breath at a time some days. And But that's okay. And I think, you know, some of the things we've discussed today that, that it brings up is the old things, really, of that you've got to do it when it's the right time for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you have to do it for you. You may your motivator may be something else. Like my motivator initially was because Jack's partner was pregnant, so I was going to have a, a grandson, and I didn't want my grandson having a smelly, stinky old nanny who smelled of fags and who was was drunk, you know, smelled of alcohol, and that was what what motivated me to do it. But actually, now once I got into sobriety, I realised I was doing it for me. It was for me, and you need to do it for you. Um, some people reset 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 and it's great to keep getting back and up but don't get frustrated with yourself if you can't get to grips with it it might be that it's not your time it might not be the right time for you you might just need to take a bit of a step back from it because I see people getting very upset and very frustrated and adding to their emotional baggage because they can't get with the sobriety Mm. and sometimes you might need to accept that okay it's not quite the right time for me i'm gonna carry on for a bit not i want to encourage people to keep drinking but it has to be the right time to get it right and maybe you know during that time if you are going to continue drinking just just listen to the podcasts you know read research listen to blogs read sobriety books um this naked mind annie grace is the one that i always recommend first off people for the facts um because that is the other thing isn't it is that you talked earlier about fun we have so much fun now and why shouldn't we you know we can feel the enjoyment we can feel the laughter we can feel the fun we've been lied to for so so long that um actually you know alcohol is fun um alcohol will create the fun for us you know i remember when um i told a a nurse at the hospital andy's hospital that i stopped drinking she went oh boring so even professionals think that it's boring that we're not drinking because mm. we're, we're, we're told that that drinking is fun and that we can't possibly have fun without alcohol but I've had the most fun 
ever. Yeah. So yeah. I think you know it needs to be the right time. It needs to be fun and hard work. There needs to be a lot of acceptance. Um, and you, you need to connect. Connection is key, isn't it? As you say, Chef is right. We need to connect. Absolutely. And, you know, the other thing too is you've got to surround yourself with positive people that can lift you up. This is really important too. You don't want to be around like people like that nurse who says, oh, you're boring. Mm. Next, you know. And the women that we, that we um, have in our groups and that we see on the Zooms, everybody's just so relaxed and upbeat and everybody feels better when they hang up. It's just terrific, you know. And for people yeah. who say, will I ever get this? Yes, you will. You will get it as long as you bring to light the shadow of yourself, like you've got to put all your values in alignment with yourself. You've got to get yourself into harmony. You've got to be ready to do it. You know, even if you're stubborn and you're stuck, just keep trying. Just don't give up. You know, it doesn't matter how many times you've relapsed. It doesn't matter. Today can be your day. You wake up. Today can be your day to get back into it, get back on the, you know, back on the wagon and just do it. Just make a plan and do it. Um, but the key is to never, ever give up because you will get there. It is possible. And we know people that have been sober for a very, very long time. And that's the good news. You know, it can be done. Yeah. But I'd never thought the other be able to do it. I could never imagine life without a drink. Oh, and, God. And now, Me neither. Uh, you know, my life is just so wonderful now. It's absolutely it wonderful. Is. It is. It's absolutely terrific. And I don't know if you want me to share these 20 things that happen in 30 days before we, um, I don't know how much more time we've got. Yeah, we've got, yeah, we've, we've just gone over them, just over the hour. So you're getting a bonus sort of few minutes now. So that's oh, fine. Yeah. Well, yeah, share okay, that, well, yeah. See, that went quick. Okay. So yeah. basically this is, this is from a bloke on YouTube called Jay and um, he's, I think he's getting sober again or something is his, you know, his link. But in 20 days, sorry, the 30 days, the 20 changes are, Basically, the first thing is your blood pressure goes down, and I can vibe for that because I went to the dentist. They took the blood, my blood pressure, and it was normal. At one stage drinking, it was 185 over 115, and it was that wow. for a lot. God. And it would be yeah. 160 over 110, which I thought was normal, and I'm on tablets. So I'm hoping I can get rid of those tablets soon. Number two, you get the better quality sleep. You get your REM sleep. You do go into sleep, and dreams will come back again too. That's number three that you start dreaming again, and I reckon I've got another life there, but that's another story. <laughs> you improve memory. <laughs> you know, your memory will improve, and I think we all agree that, you know, it's happening with me even at this stage. Mm -hmm. It certainly didn't all come back in the 30 days, that's for sure. And you're at number five, improved concentration and mental clarity, which is another terrific thing. Number six, your higher productivity, and that's a really big one. I know with me, the things that I've achieved is I never would have achieved if I had kept drinking, just because I've got more free time and I'm filling in that free time with things to do. Uh, number seven, better gym results. You're exercising again. I've got to spend more time doing that. Um, <laughs> but a lot of people do. A lot of people run. Gee, it's amazing. Yeah. Because I went for a run. I, I'm, I'm not a runner, unfortunately. I wish I could, but there's things that prevent me from doing that. Um, number eight, weight loss get off the sugars well that's what what we're trying to do right now i certainly didn't conquer that in 30 days but we'll keep trying no, I, I think um, that's number the nine. thing with, sorry with me that's sorry. how i got through my withdrawals and stuff as well and how i got through not drinking <laughs> so i ate loads of junk and that's well, now I'm that's so funny because i was the opposite i didn't have the sugars until about oh. four or five months and then i got right into it went right off the rails oh anyway oh. That's the way it goes. See, things don't come as planned, the roller coaster. 
Anyway, we move on. This one you'll love. Number nine, less aches and pains. Yes, Karina. Ding, ding. Yes. Can agree with you there. My body was physically about to clap out on this old girl. The train had stopped and there was nowhere she was going. Number (laughs) 10, the one that I love the most, less anxiety and depression and you can count on yourself. Hallelujah. I couldn't trust. Oh, boy, I'm going to drink. When am I going to black out? Oh, is it going to be after this glass? Oh, shit, what's going to happen? Oh, and then it'd be, who cares? And I'd wake up and go, last thing I remember was, and you can fill in the blanks. Mm. Yeah. Um, just your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I'm living life in HD right now. It's colourful. Mm. It's not grey anymore. Hallelujah. Yeah. We're back. We're back. Number 12, the alcohol cravings are less. Now, he reckons that... Um, you know, they they're when he says less, he means they're just not there all the time. So don't think that they're diminished or gone because they're not, but they definitely are less. Um, number 13, you have less FOMO. Now, I yeah. was a bad girl for fear of missing out. And I love what this Mrs. and Elaine said about more JOMO. Oh, JOMO, sorry. JOMO. That, that was gorgeous, yeah, in their Yeah. In their podcast. I hadn't heard, yeah, I hadn't no. heard of JOMO before, so, yeah. And that, but that no, and this Mrs. Know, is probably one of her sayings. Yeah, she makes them up. Yeah, She's it's good the, like that. The jo- it, it's podcast. It's called JOMO, their podcast, and it's the joy of missing out. So it's about FOMO and like fear of missing out and JOMO, the joy of missing out. Another really great podcast from us over town. Yeah, go listen. Yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Number 14, our feelings. Now, good or bad, they're there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is no more numbing. Um, they are exposed now. But you know what? It's okay. They're not as scary as you think they are. And if they are, again, break it down. Deal with one feeling at a time. Because what's mm. the hurry? Where are you going? <laughs> what are yeah. you catching? Like, there's no train to catch you. Fine. Just sit yeah. with it and get through them and write them down. Get them out. It's a good thing. This is an interesting one. Less phlegm. And I know, I don't know what this is because I stopped smoking years ago, but I was coughing up just what, sorry, guys, but white stuff, like mm. white phlegm, just clear stuff. I thought, I haven't even got a cold. What's going on? I thought, oh, it must be, you know, from COVID or something because having COVID. But no, but it is true that alcohol causes mucus. Oh, right. Yeah, because I know that it wasn't until Polly said that actually it can cause a lot of breathing and heart problems as well yeah. on, your, on your lungs. So, yeah. Yep. yep. And it was because I could not breathe. And that was another reason that I looked at myself in the mirror and said, you've got to stop, girlfriend. Because mm. I was just couldn't breathe. Yeah, less baggy eyes, and don't we love that? Yes, one? still, still yes. working on that one. Again, that might take two years. More money that we've all discussed. Well, mm. I've, I've got more of an epiphany to go shopping these days. So I know. <laughs> oh, we, I, think I, think we, I think we spend more, and that's the thing. So I'm always like, well, I was just spent that on a bottle of wine. So let's just treat myself to that. No, no, I've just spent that on a bottle. Of, you know, I, 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 I buy far more than one <laughs> bottle of wine a day now. <laughs> There's voices for every occasion. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> that one's okay. I think we can live with that one. What do you reckon? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And and I've been um, telling people on my on my journey around the UK, and people are going, yeah, but aren't these expensive? Like my bum because whenever I pull up on Bumblebee, they come over. Yeah, but aren't they expensive? And I say. I haven't drank any alcohol for a year. I used to drink a bottle of wine a night and I've paid for half of Bumblebee in that year of not drinking. So in two years, my alcohol, not drinking has paid for that and they go, wow. And of course, that's straight into the alcohol story then and sort of spreading my sobriety. <laughs> and you know what? Bumblebee will last a lot longer than a bottle of wine. Let me tell you. He certainly will. He certainly will. <laughs> and more enjoyment. Um, yeah. The one I love, which I already had a lot of, was more energy. 
Yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely like, yeah. Could I have any more? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Husband hates it. He's not a morning person. <laughs> I'm like, morning? He's just looking at me like, where's the coffee? Oh. <laughs> well, I am, I am a morning person now. I never was. But I wake up and I wake up refreshed and I wake up as if I had a, as had a sleep you know as before I was just always exhausted so that's fantastic I love it it's funny because I was always a morning person I guess from working you know I was just used to waking up at six now I wake up at two and three I'm a really morning person now. <laughs> it's amazing but I like it here because it's cool it's calm and it's a quiet time of the day and again mm. it's just a bit of time for yourself um contentment oh my god do you oh, know how many yeah. times I prayed for inner peace when yeah. am I going to get into peace? When am I not drinking mm. alcohol? I was never going to get into peace. No, no. What is in a peace? Oh my God. Yeah. And what now is in a peace? Like, oh, and yeah. now it's, isn't yeah. it lovely? Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. It is. I, I just, I have moments of just, ah, moments and calm. And I, I never knew life and me could be so calm and actually I'm, I'm sitting here talking now I've just realized even though I've had a really like you completely bonkers week off the charts bonkers of running around and getting everything done and sorting stuff out usually I can really my even when I'm relaxed my solar plexus is like a fist clenched up and actually I'm sitting here talking to you now and I'm thinking actually I can breathe easier it's mm. like my solar plexus has started to Relax. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's good though. It is the inner peace. Is, yeah. yeah, I. You know, people. You say, "What? Well, when? What's going to make you happy? Like, what will make you happy?" Do you know? I couldn't answer that question. The bloody answer was getting sober. <laughs> sober. Yeah. Put down the bottle and work. <laughs> that's, that's work it, girl. Work it. <laughs> because I didn't know that this could feel this way. Oh, lordy, lord. See, we do live and learn, no matter what age we are. And the oh, last yeah. one is, um, well, there's a couple more, but I just added a couple more. One is less bathroom breaks. Yay. And Yay. I don't know about, about you, but the old IBS has disappeared. Thank the Lord for that too, because I knew every bathroom in town. Um, and, you know, you, you sort of, uh, the influences now too, just looking around and looking up to people. You know, I love to learn from those that are ahead of me. And, you know, that's another thing I would, would recommend to the newer people, if you're listening, you know, just connect with someone who, who's got some time under their belt because they really will be able to help you and probably save you a lot of maybe trauma and heart, heartache that we went through, you know, just, just, yeah. just trying to get there. And I didn't see, I didn't actually join IAS for, oh, three months or something. I was just completely on my own. And wow. when I did, I, and it took, you know, everyone's nervous at first and, but let me tell you, you can get through it. And I learned in life, fear stopped me doing a lot of things. If you just break through that barrier and make the step and turn up, it will be okay. Everyone will embrace you. They will support you. And you're going to be so glad you did it. You will never, ever look back. I can promise you that. If yeah. not, come and get me. Yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, we all have something to learn. We are all learning from each other every day. Even if you're on day zero for the first time or the tenth time, you have something to offer. We all learn from you. We are all learning from each other all the time. Um, so post, connect, comment, um, just just reach out, keep in touch. You know, um, I, I I just you know just post whatever because we all learn. 
every day. I mean, I'm, I've been a bit slack, I must admit, on IS recently because I've been busy in my own life, busy with ladies' groups and things as well, and, and podcasts. And I think this is my fourth one this week. So I've been pretty been busy doing years. that. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's fine. I enjoy doing it all. Um, but you know, when I do then go on to IAS, I just start looking through people's posts and I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah. And you have a light bulb moment. It's like, oh yeah. So it doesn't matter where you're at, if you're at day zero for the first time or if you're at day sort of, you know, 2000, we all have something to learn from from each other and um and getting our ducks in a row because you've got your ducks in a row haven't you king all your ducks in yeah, row. Bloody oath, bloody oath. and you know what is is the best book to read ever it's like an encyclopedia it never ends yeah yeah you know yeah. what i mean i agree with you i just go there and i just read i go to different milestones and i read and i think yeah. wow you know what and when you realize you're not alone and i mean i'm looking at my next milestone and there's like five thousand something people joining me and i'm like wow you know the world's getting sober this is amazing you know like it's just terrific because you're not alone and I and and that's just such a you know that I think that brings the inner peace and the comfort and and all the things that you're missing you know and it's again it's quite normal I just think to myself oh you know what are you lonely for you know but it's got nothing to do with that if you feel it you validate it it's real and just don't give up just please do not give up just find a way and find a way that works for you because it'll yeah. be the best thing you've ever done. Yeah. And know whatever you're feeling is okay. It might not be yes. very comfortable, but yes. it's okay. You know, it's just share okay. it. Just let it's it out. Good. Share it and let it out. Yeah. Because yeah. you're doing yourself and everybody else a favor. Definitely. Well, I think our train is coming into the station. <laughs> I can see some people waiting. I think we'd better leave, give them a seat. Eh? Maybe Polly is. Polly at the station. Might be, probably she is. Like, she probably wants in, to get on board. In. Oh, there she is. <laughs> Hi, Polly. We've missed you. Your seat's nice and warm, Polly. <laughs> oh, well, it's been good. an absolute, absolute pleasure as always. It's lovely to see you. Um, yeah. Twice in a week. I've been Zoomed with you earlier in the week as well. And, and we've had a little chat on the phone. So it's been, it's been nice. Always good. What a great way to spend a Sunday. Beautiful. Yeah, no, it was my pleasure, Perina, and I am no Polly, but I would sit in and help you anytime. I hope it's helped the listeners out there. And please, as Karina said, go to SoberTownPodcast.com. There is so much to look and read and listen to on there. It will help you. It will get you to the next day. I promise you that. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's been a pleasure. Enjoy the rest of your day. And um we will catch up with you again real soon. All right. Thank you so yeah. much, Karina. All right. Love to you all. Take Bye-bye. care and stay sober. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.